Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Oh, it was a good day of football yesterday. You told us the divisional round. That's the round where it all Absolutely. really begins. That's what you're talking about. You, you, you woke up this morning and, and you and Jay never knew you would be talking about Chad Henney at all, right? Chad Henney at all. You woke up talking about him. He's a legend now in Kansas City. Lives for forever. They're going to give him an extension because of that one run. Fourth and inches. That always stay that ready, Zubin. Third and 14. Always stay ready. Right. And then fourth and inches. Yep. Kept their drive alive and kept their hopes for back-to-back Super Bowls alive. So, good morning. Welcome to Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Lou Riddick from Monday Night Football, will join us at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And everybody is proudly presented on the Goodyear Hotline. So, it is Monday morning, January 18th. It is Martin Luther King Day. But Sunday, January 17th, looms... Dr. Martin Luther King King Day, January 17th, yesterday, looms large in the world of the NFL. Why? Well, on January 17th, 1988, it was the most famous fumble in NFL playoff history. It happened. Ernest Biner, AFC Championship game, Browns-Broncos. 33 years later, to the day, not the conference championship round, but as Key said, the divisional round, more heartache for the Browns. So let's be honest, the Ernest Biner thing was devastating and they're still not over it. You know the deal. You're watching the game. Baker to Rashard Higgins. Higgins loses control of the ball just shy of the goal line with an effort to try to get in. Ball sputters out of the back of the end zone. It's a touchback. And a ton of people are unhappy with this rule, which has obviously been in place for a long time. Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, said after the game, I know it was effort from my guy, but we have rules about situations just like this. You know, I will never, ever doubt Rashard Higgins' effort or our guy's effort. Uh, Our rule there is not to reach the ball out. It's first and goal, and he knows that. So, uh, again, appreciate his effort. He battled like he always does, uh, but we've got to fight that urge because it's such a a big uh, loss if it does end up being a touchback. And how big was it, Jay? Obviously, it led to a Harrison Butker field goal on the opposite end, and it ended up looming large. Obviously, you go in there, get six, you lose by five, 22-17. Everybody can do the math. So 33 years after the Bynum, the Ernest Biner fumble, this one from Rashard Higgins didn't cost him the game, but it's something that really got you hot, Jay. Well, it cost him a lot of momentum. I mean, that that would have made it a six-point game. Uh, after that. Um, but here's my thing. I, I appreciate Kevin Stefanski coming or approaching this from a no excuse perspective, right? But it, it's also the way the fumble occurred that bothers me more so than the rule. I think the rule is stupid, first off. I don't think that should be a turnover. Um, I think that should go back to the offensive team, maybe give them the ball in the one or two yard line there. I don't think they should be penalized for that. But more importantly, the fact that led to the fumble, Zubin, was that Daniel Sorensen led with the crown of his helmet. I don't understand why that is not a reviewable play. And I don't, I don't know how they find ways to make that a reviewable play, but obviously if you lead with the crown of your helmet, regardless of whether Rashard Higgins extended the ball or not, that led to the touchback, that is an illegal play, and that should be allowed to be reviewed. I don't understand why that wasn't something that was more of a takeaway from that possession, even more so than the touchback rule. Rashard Higgins was an active runner. That's why he was an active runner. So when you got the ball and you're running with it and someone tackles you in helmet-to-helmet situations, they're not ever going to call that. If you're up in the air and you can't protect yourself and you're hit helmet-to-helmet, they're going to call it. 
In terms of the fumble and reaching out, Kevin Stefanski is 17,000 million times correct. <laughs> um, you know better than to reach out because the chances of that happening to you is greater than not. Um, what Rashad Higgins could have done, I mean, he's younger and he will, you know, he'll, he'll probably wind up doing it again in the future and having an opportunity to do it again is you go ahead and he, because he was so far away from the goal line, if he can leap over or twist his body toward the out of bounds, then he wouldn't have that situation. You got to know the situations. And if the team says that that is a rule, which I've been on teams and that is a rule, they don't, you're not supposed to reach around uh, to try and score a touchdown because that ball could slip out of your hands and bounce out of the back of the end zone, which it did for the Cleveland Browns. Unfortunate. But like I said in the prior segment, they made it there. It's a good year for you. Bounce back, come back next year, build on it, and see what happens. Just a reminder, we are about five minutes away from talking to James Jones, who caught most of his passes in the NFL for Aaron Rodgers, and that's who Tom Brady has on Wait, deck he's, next. He's back? He's back. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make sure, because the last time, last week, he didn't show up, Indeed. so I'm going to get him. Don't worry. So he'll be with us at 9, 10 a.m. Eastern. Take us inside the mind of Aaron Rodgers, who everybody believes at the age of 37 is going to be the MVP and has been playing outstanding football. And for the first time, and James could help us appreciate this for all the Lambo leaps that he made, for the first time since Aaron Rodgers became a starter, the NFC Championship game will be held at Lambo Field. He's been there four other times, but all of them have come on the road. This time, Tom Brady and company are headed to Green Bay as key goes all AMS NWA. Uh, certified to check the weather. It's going to be cold, cold, cold at the frozen tundra on Sunday. The winner, of course, goes to the Super Bowl. The Texans right now about far as away from the Super Bowl as you could get. They're coming off a disastrous four-win campaign. They may have also put the nail in the coffin in their 25-year-old superstar in the prime of his career quarterback returning to the franchise. It's been one bungle after another this offseason. Former NFL head coach Rex Ryan, ESPN NFL analyst with Greeny and the gang this morning on Get Up. With these words. I think this is absolutely crazy. I mean, but I get it. If there's that, I mean, that big a divide, they're going to trade them. It sounds crazy. You go your whole career trying to find a franchise quarterback. I never had one. Okay. So I would do everything in my power to keep this guy, but you've already done everything in your power to let him go, Mm -hmm. and it drives me crazy. You know where he should end up, Greeny. Yes. Come to the Big Apple right here and be the man. We still celebrate (laughs) Joe Namath for all those type of years, and being a Jet fan, come to the Big Apple. Mark Sanchez, college football analyst, joins us on the Goodyear Hot. No, I only wish. That would be unbelievable. He said that. He's never had one. I was like, damn, man. How you going to do Mark like that? Two championship appearances. Back-to-back years. Come on. What a defensive-minded coach. Rex is cold-blooded with that one. Um, I, I said it. You, you, you know, I thought about it, and I started thinking, and I'm like, you know, because on the surface, I'm thinking about where the team is now. Like, they're not very good. They don't have a lot of pieces in play. But you start with that quarterback. You got Becked in the big left tackle. If somehow – well, I guess you would have to give up the number two pick for Penny Sue. You couldn't get him. But you start to build some stuff around Deshaun. And as far as personally for Deshaun, New York City would be big, man. If he wins here, I just know for the short time that I actually played here and won Mm -hmm. what it means. And so imagine if he played 
you know, 10 years here and actually won a chip and won a Super Bowl. All I did was go to the AFC championship game. And I know what the way that I'm treated in the city. Mm-hmm. I know. Why, why do we assume that Deshaun Watson wants to be under the lights, like the big New York City lights? I, I don't I know think we it, assume it's what ifs, Jay. It's not assuming. It's just I, I know, but, but everybody keeps going, you know, come to New York and, and build your brand and imagine what we could do here since Joe Namath. Like, that's not what every player wants. Like, and I think there are other situations out there that maybe don't put as much pressure on him that New York City would put on him. I mean, I, I just – look – I get that it's, we talk about the Jets a lot. I get that we talk about the Giants a lot. I get that we're in New York City. But New York City is not a place that everybody wants to be. There's also a lot more trouble sometimes that comes along with New York when you don't win here because we eat our own. And so I think it's something that if you're Deshaun Watson, you have to think about when you start looking at other options is that maybe Miami, right, playing with Brian Flores. Hey, can we get an Allen Robinson in free agency? You know, is that a difference maker considering how their defense is? There are other options that maybe don't bring as much attention or pressure to you right away to get the job done yesterday, especially if you're not equipped with the pieces to do so. Well, if Nick Casario and the Houston Texans don't want Tua in whatever third pick, fourth pick, fifth pick that Miami is looking to give them, and the Jets are willing to surrender more based on Adam Shefty, and the Jets have more to offer, and that's out there because I'm sure Adam's been told by somebody that they have more to offer and they would be willing to offer more, then he wouldn't have gone with it. Uh, you got to think about where the Texans are at. What are they going to get for Deshaun? And Deshaun, if he wants to be moved at some point, you, if you want to be moved, there's only a few landing spots that make sense because the Texans need something back in return. Uh, yes, New York may not be for everybody, and maybe it's not for Deshaun, but these are all hypotheticals and what-ifs. If, if it makes sense, then maybe Deshaun wants to embrace New York and be the quarterback in this city and taking the Jets to the promised land. I don't know. I'm just using hypotheticals and what-ifs. From Clemson to the NFL, Deshaun Watson has always been more driven, more driven, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. We should obviously mention a, a team that's got draft capital is going to be in prime position because that's the one thing the Texans lack at this point. So if you've lost DeAndre Hopkins and you presumably will lose Deshaun Watson, you're basically starting over from scratch. And the best way to do that in the NFL for any of the 32 is to have some draft capital. This morning, our Twitter question is essentially where would be the best landing spot for Deshaun Watson? The leader in the clubhouse right now is the Dolphins at 36% with obviously Tua going back the other way. Jay and Key have been making the case for the Jets. Key more strongly that 28% have said gangrene, 20% have said the Bears, 16% have picked another team. For once, it's not me, tongue planted firmly in cheek, Key. It's I Andre that Whitaker. In, I haven't heard that one in three hours. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been about two shows. It's been about two shows, Zubin. But this You've been time, doing well. But this time, Andre Whitaker is going to go tongue planted firmly in cheek, answering this question with this. Right? So the question is, where should Deshaun land? Again, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Key J and Z on Twitter. Andre Whitaker. His answer, Key, you like this, Jay? Texans. Because they've made numerous bad decisions over the last few years, they'll keep him just to tick him off. But John McClain, our Houston expert who was with us last week, did essentially say, ain't no way, no how they're moving him. That's according to him, but I know what you've always said. What's that? Bruce Willis. (laughs) Bruce Willis. (laughs) We won't be moonlighting. It's too early. No. Um, I will say, though, that uh, you've always said with a player that doesn't want to be there no matter what, whether they're disgruntled, they are going to be moved at some point. 
but uh, it remains to be seen. I mean, this is an unbelievable 25-year-old player in the prime of your career available. Dan Orlovsky, our 12-year NFL quarterback, was with us this morning and said, if you're one of a handful of teams, like you got Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, he pinpointed about seven teams like Green Bay, Seattle. Um, if you're one of the other 25 teams that doesn't have just a rock-solid future Hall of Famer to be best player in the game, that you should be looking well, at Deshaun you Watson. You can't touch Cincinnati because they just drafted Too a young. guy. Yep. You can't ch- touch Herbert. But everybody else right, and those teams we mentioned, right? is all touchable except the teams that you mentioned. Think about that. Um, even the Rams to a degree, right? right. It's like, but who's going to take Jared Goff off your hand? That's the, you know, that's like. With that money. And, and I don't think the Rams even have the, the, the capital to even get in the conversation. But it's just like, it, it, what makes the most sense? You know, if if the New Orleans Saints could get a hold of him, they'd take him in a heartbeat. But they'll never be able to. I mean, they would have to give up the draft for the next twenty years. It's not. It's not going to happen. They would have to pull a Mike Ditka. You could have it for the next twenty years. Um, Miami would be perfect, right? It's a destination. Tua's there. They got some picks. It's a city that makes sense. You know, and so in the end, Raiders. I mean, it's all sorts of situations that. You can think about. No doubt. Ricky Williams ain't walking through that door, but apparently Aaron Rodgers is. James, you finally decided to join the show. I almost had to send out some some undercover officers because I thought you might have been in witness protection because of those Raider days, man. <laughs> I figured you didn't want to come on the show because I was like, oh, he don't want to come on because he played for the Raiders back in the day and he think I'm going to give him a bunch of bunch to the side ribs. How you doing, man? Man, I'm good, man. That's how you're going to wake up and do Raider Nation, man? Come on, man. No, <laughs> no I'm man. Here, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know it's early out on the, I know it was early out on the West Coast last week, but apology accepted. I think me and Jay will. We forgive you for that one. It's all love. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Y'all, hey, you know, you know it ain't going to be the first and the last. Y'all know y'all been there before, too. But what's going <laughs> on, man? Nothing much. Just was watching Aaron Rodgers get down yesterday and take care of business against the L.A. Rams. Let me ask you this question. Um, the relationship between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, how did it become better from a year ago? Well, number one, I just think, you know, and, and you've been there. I mean, we've all been there. Jay Will been there, too. The best thing about a head coach and to, to earn the respect of the players is for you to trust him. You know, and if you trust your head coach – with all your heart, you believe in him and you know he's going to do the right thing, that's just going to better the relationship. So when he came in last year, you know, shoot, they both had to earn each other's trust. Coach LaFleur did, and the relationship has took off. But I just think that's the main thing, man. And Aaron Rodgers is a guy where if he trusts you, man, and believe in you, man, hey, he's going to have your back 100% wherever, whenever, however. And that's how I just see the relationship growing. When you look at Aaron Rodgers, gone to NFC Championship games, been in the playoffs, record-shattering, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it, what will another Super Bowl championship do for his legacy? It's just icing on the cake. I mean, not just because I played with Aaron Rodgers, but I, I, I really believe that he's the best to ever do it. And it's not even just how he throws the football. It's, it's, it's just all the little things, man. You see the free plays. You see – how smart he is catching people with 12 men on the field. You got to account for every little thing when you play Aaron Rodgers. And when if he just if he gets another Super Bowl, it's just the icing on the cake. I mean, we already know he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but another Super Bowl 
uh, in everybody else's eyes, he's probably going to be considered the greatest to ever do it. In my eyes, he's already considered the greatest to do it, man, just because of those things that I said. And then we all automatically know what he's doing on the football field. But he's a special player. And I think another Super Bowl would, would be the icing on the cake for him, man. James Jones joining Keyshawn J. Wool and Zubin on the Goodyear Hotline. James, how concerned are you after watching what happened to Patrick Mahomes moving forward to their game? I'm not concerned. You know, you, you, you've seen him, you know, <laughs> one fighting, trying to fight his way to go back into that game yesterday. Uh, he, he took a nice little shot. So I'm not concerned at all. You've seen him have three, you've seen him have three weeks off and come out there and light it up. So I'm sure he'll come out there at practice and, you know, have a couple of days off and, you know, until he's, he's feeling the right way and come back out there and, and this is set up for a heavyweight matchup, man, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. So I think he'll be healthy. He'll go out there. The Chiefs will be at full strength. Buffalo will be at full strength. And we're going to get ourselves what we want. Do you think the Bills actually have the personnel? I mean, their lack of running game seems like it hurts them at times. But do you think they have the personnel and the explosivity offensively to beat the Chiefs? I do. I do think they have I do think they have the formula to beat the Chiefs, man. Josh Allen is one of those guys who's in the MVP conversation. He doesn't just do it with his arm, he does it with his legs as well. The only thing that scares me is like you said, they did not run that football any last week against the Baltimore Ravens. And if you want to go right arm for right arm, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is the guy that you want to try to test that right arm with. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Josh Allen's right arm is, is pretty doggone good, too. So I think that they'll be able to put up some points. I think they'll be able to keep this game close. And in the fourth quarter, we're going to see who good, uh, runs away with it. Having been in Green Bay playing with Aaron Rodgers as well as Devontae Adams, how has Devontae Adams' game evolved over these last several years to become one of the top three receivers in the game today, if not the top? Well, first off, Tay is <laughs> Tay is the, Tay is special, man. And you know, Tay is from the Coach Dub tree, Keith Williams tree, just 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 like I am. And I remember when Tay was at Fresno State, and I would always come back to Fresno State and train with Coach Dub. And Coach Dub told me he the best one. And I'm like, hold on, man, I'm still going. What you mean the best? <laughs> He's like. He's like, he the best one I ever coached. And we always knew Devontae had it in him and was going to be special and, and had all the ability uh, to be great. But I just think now it's just the mindset. He understands how defenses is going to play him. He understands how every corner is going to play him. He can look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers don't have to say a word. Their chemistry is on point. You know, he knows what he's thinking. Aaron knows what he's thinking. But just the way that he prepares for the game, the way that he understands the game now, on on top of all of his ability and the way he's able to break guys down. I mean, you see him off the line of scrimmage, the way he's putting these guys in the blenders and how he's running routes. But that's just that's just that's the easy part. The hard part is is, is how he understands these defenses and how they're breaking them down, and it's making the game easy for him. James Jones, former Packer wide receiver, NFL Network analyst, joining us here this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Who wins the Super Bowl and why? Woo-hoo. All right, well, you know you know, I'm on the Packers side, man. You know, hey, Packers paid the bills the longest. No. <laughs> no, I just I, – I really feel like it's Aaron Rodgers' year. And I, I definitely think it's going to be a State Farm Super Bowl. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes, and it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. But I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is in such a zone right now. Keyshawn J. Will, whenever he says 
Green 19 said, I, I do not feel he is going to make a bad play. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is always going to get his team in the right play. I feel like every time that ball's in the chance, he's going to make the right play. They have a running game. The defense is stepping up, making some plays for him. The last time Aaron Rodgers had a top 10 defense, I was up there with holding the Lombardi Trophy with him. We won the Super Bowl. I think it's his year. I don't know if it's anybody that can stop Aaron Rodgers and the Packers right now. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah, hey, real quick for you. We were going to mention this last week. I'm a big college football guy, and I thought one of the most underrated stories, I'm glad he brought this up. You know, I don't know how you could do anything quietly in 2020 or 2021, but I'll tell you what, man, your alma mater had a season for the ages Last season, I just wanted to give it a little pub because it uh, feels like if you're not in the playoff, nobody talks about you. But the Spartans are amazing last season. Man, if you were going to let me get off this show and not bring that up, man, <laughs> I wasn't coming back on no more. <laughs> San Jose State Spartans, Coach Brennan, no, they they got it done this year, man. Those kids fought through so much adversity over there, man, with this COVID situation. I mean, they was on the road for four weeks, away from home, away from campus, no family. I mean, living out of hotels, and those guys went out there and finished the season undefeated, man. That's a credit to the coaching staff, man. Coach Brennan, he has the culture over there changed around. It's just unbelievable to see, man. I wish I could have snuck out there to Arizona, man, to watch them play, but they had it going this year, and, and I think next year they're going to they be in some good, good hands as well, man, and be able to compete and show the world that it wasn't a fluke. Watch out in the Mountain West for the Spartans. I got to mention they had a home game scheduled against Hawaii, but they couldn't play it at home because they're out there in California where it's all locked down. So they said, let's go play our home game against Hawaii in Hawaii. They went to Hawaii to go play the game. That's all the adversity they overcame. Great insight into Aaron Rodgers. James, appreciate you joining us this morning. Thank you. All right, JJ, Thanks, man. I'll holler at you. All right, brother. Bit, bit. The one thing I quickly want to say to your first answer, and I thought this is the most instructive thing he said, and I thought this is really interesting. You could take me inside the mind of a quarterback wide receiver, that when he has 100% confidence in you, and James is speaking of Aaron Rodgers, of course, he's going to back you the whole way. It manifested itself in the game on Saturday because one of the great breakout players of the last couple of years, undrafted kid for the Packers, Alan Lazard. Mm-hmm. Saturday, he dropped, I mean, and, and Rodgers has been in lockstep with him all year, another cliche for me, but he dropped one. Lazard dropped an easy one on Saturday. Handful of plays easy, later, huh? <laughs> for me, for me. <laughs> when I was watching on TV, it looked so easy. <laughs> I mean, it was just right in his hands. Of course, I was sitting in my apartment, it was 68 degrees with a beer in my, no. Um, but a few, handful of plays later, he went right back to Lazard, caught a touchdown, boom, confidence back. That's an undrafted kid that was on the Jacksonville practice squad, and he's turned into a lethal NFL force because that one dude believed 100%. Yeah, but just because you drop a ball, and, and, and I hate when people call games or, or people assume that because you drop a ball, the quarterback's not going to throw you the ball anymore. That's not the mindset of the quarterback. He's been with you enough to have the confidence, whether it's practice or other games that you've delivered for him. I mean, they're putting him in that position for a reason to call plays to get the football to Lazard. And look, there's a million things that go through guys' minds when they drop balls. It could be the lights. It could be trying, taking his eyes off the ball. But he made a mistake, and he delivered the second time around. So that relationship with Aaron Rodgers will continue. Safe to say I would have caught it. No. <laughs> On the way. Drew Brees has made so many great memories on Monday night football. Some of the greatest moments in his career have happened on a Monday night. So what does Mr. Monday night think about the end, perhaps, for Brees? That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
it's hard to get to this point. There's nothing guaranteed from this point forward, but we're going to have to play our very best to uh, to beat one of the best teams in the league. You know, everybody always asks, what was our idea? Coach B.A., he had an answer. He said, we some who going to find a way to win the game. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. A man that gave us plenty of great words over 17 weeks, 16 regular season games in our wild card game in his first year in the Monday Night Football booth. Lou Riddick joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. And Lou, I guess I guess it's only appropriate to start with Drew Brees because so many of his great memories were actually created on Monday Night Football, but maybe now no more memories to come. Man, he certainly was talking and acting like a guy that knew he was going to be hanging it up after that game yesterday. Do you believe Drew Brees has played his final game in the NFL? Yeah, based on all the all the things he was doing post game out there on the field with his family, talking to Tom, and then just based off of like how how he looked during the game, you know, I, I think you know when you're 42 years old and you've accomplished as much as he's accomplished, you know, I, I would hope with age comes wisdom, and with wisdom comes the ability to be objective when assessing your own status at this point in time in his career, and I think he knows that look. He's he's done everything he could possibly do in his career outside of, you know, winning multiple Super Bowls. And, I mean, yesterday was kind of a referendum on the kind of things that I I just don't think he physically is capable of doing anymore. And these are things that started all the way back in the beginning of the season. And we saw it on on our Monday night matchup when we we did them out in Las Vegas against the Raiders. And, And we saw some of the signs then. And Sean Payton tried hard to kind of push back against it and, continue to say that they were still an efficient offense and able to do all the things they needed to do. But I think you saw the combination of all the years and the fact that, you know, as we all know, the time catches up to all of us, and it may have caught up to Drew. Lou, let me ask you this, because I forgot to ask you the last time you were on with us at the end of the Monday night football season, step away from the actual games of the weekend. How did you enjoy Mm -hmm. calling the games in going through 17 weeks of football season, doing that for the first time? Keyshawn, I think, I mean, and you know this well, um, the schedule, the grind, the the consistency of having something to always look forward to every week and going through your preparation is something that we've all, that we become used to and that we crave and we want and we need. And I love that part of it. I love the routine, the schedule, the challenge of getting ready every week, trying to stay healthy each week, although there was a lot of anxiety traveling, going to the stadiums, even though they were empty, seeing the players try to still compete. And you can you can imagine, I mean, we talked about this already, how hard it would be to, to play in empty stadiums like, like these guys were playing in all year long. But when you put on the headset 
and the music comes on, that Monday night iconic music, and the game's kicked off. For me, man, I mean, I was just, I was just right where I wanted to be, which was talking about the game live and and trying to figure out what teams were trying to do and what they were gonna do. And man, I, I couldn't have been happier being in that in that element. The only thing that would have been better would have been being able to obviously be face to face with some of the players and the coaches and production meetings and being down on the field before games. You miss the hell out of that. I mean, you really feel robbed from that aspect of it because you know it's all about the people, man. It's about the guys being on the grass and all. But, man, I loved it. I mean, it, it's – looking back on it now, I mean, I mean, that's Monday night freaking football, man. I mean, that that's, that's about as big as it gets. But when you're doing it, you don't really think about it because you're just kind of like trying to – I mean, you're, you're like, you know, Nick Saban and everyone else says. You're all about the process and just trying to and do the job and do the job as best as you can do it. Man, when I sit back and think about it now, I'm like, man, we did 17 of those things, 16, and then the wild card game, and it flew by like, like I'm just like right now, like, well, what do I do now? It's kind of crazy. It really is. It was an amazing feat that we're still going uh, with two more games left before we get a champion. But I wanted to ask you about the Bucks. It, it was the first time last night that I feel like their offense seems so balanced. Um, you know, the run game. The play-action game, Tom Brady obviously doing his things. Did, did you see the same? What was different about the way the Bucks played the Saints last night as opposed to the last two times they met? Yeah, you're, you're dead on. It seemed that way, and it was that way as far as balance. They threw the ball 35 times, ran it, or rather threw it 33 times and ran it 35 times. And even though they weren't even close to being over four yards to carry, really, well, I mean, they were right under it. They stuck with it, which is what they needed, which is what kept that pass rush of the Saints at bay and the fact that Tom didn't turn it over and they didn't play from a huge deficit like they had in the last game we saw them play on prime time. And if they do that, see, that, that that's the benefit of, 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 of balance is the effect that it has on a defense and the break mentally and physically it gives your offensive line and your quarterback. And then when you produce turnovers, you know, like the defense did, and you flip the script on a team – it all just kind of adds up to, you know, January football, playoff football in terms of winning type of football. And now they're starting to hit their stride. Look, they're going to need every bit of that formula again this coming week. Because if you don't play perfect against this team that they're going up against up there in, in Green Bay, you'll get blown out because they're playing pretty perfect. Look at, look at their, look at their uh, stat sheet from this past week, what they did to the Rams in terms of balance and being able to strike you in so many different ways with that balance. If you don't have it against them, it's curtains, man. You'll be watching the Super Bowl at home with the rest of us. <laughs> well, actually, I won't be at home. I'll be down there. <laughs> Lewis, uh, let me ask you this. The longtime Cleveland Brown alum, the Browns obviously didn't advance to the AFC Championship game, but they had a pretty good season. I wouldn't call them Browning it anymore. What should they take away from this year? I think it's just that, Keyshawn. They now the 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 transformation from hope to expectations is complete. It's it's now we expect you to get to that level every year. We expect you to be in the in the playoffs every year. The mindset is different. There's no such things as the Browns as the Browns, that BS. That's that's over. At least they have to feel that way internally. They can't sit back and you know and have parades and stuff and 
in Northern Ohio thinking, man, we, you know, we, we got back to the playoffs. We actually won a playoff game for the first time since 94. Now the expectation is we're going to challenge and push the Steelers every year to the North. We're going to challenge and push the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, the Titans every year for supremacy in the AFC. And that's what they have to carry into the offseason. That's what Andrew Barry, the GM, and Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, have to think about all season long. Now how do we get one step further? One yeah. step further. Cause I'll tell you what. I mean, think about yesterday. Without, without a gutsy call and a great throw by Chad Henney on that fourth and one. I mean, they're right in it. They're right there. They're right there. And you know as well as I do just how much on the razor's edge winning and losing is in the NFL. And, and they're right there. They have every reason to be proud, but now they can't rest. they got to keep going. Lou, what should Deshaun Watson do with the Houston Texans, <laughs> not the Texans do with Deshaun Watson? <laughs> well, look, I think Randy put it very, very uh, – very succinctly and very definitively and very plainly on, on, on countdown. The days of just shut up and play are over. And that's not being disrespectful to the hierarchy as it pertains to big business overall, when, you know, in, firm, in terms of management structure. But when you're someone who you invest in, like, a, in, in, like they invested in Deshaun, and if, you know, you have committed to communicating with a player of that caliber because you know how important it is. I mean, look at what Russell Wilson is saying out there in Seattle right now. He's saying he has to be involved in the next OC hire, in the next offensive coordinator hire after they fire Brian Schottenheimer. It's imperative that he, he's a part of it. Well, then, I mean, you see why these guys are saying that because their livelihood and their success depends on that relationship. Mm-hmm. It depends on their, their level of comfort. And one of the greatest Texans of all time in J.J. Watt and in Andre Johnson in different ways are throwing their support behind it. J.J. saying, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry we're, we're wasting another one of your prime years. Andre Johnson saying, stand your ground. Don't back down. What he should do is exactly what he is doing. And, you know, as, as someone who would be on the management side of things, you have to look at that and go, look, what have I done to contribute to this young man being so upset, so upset, that he's saying the things that he's saying and saying, look, I'm, I'm done. I don't want anything to do with an organization. For a player to do that, someone who was, who was drafted by you, who naturally is going to feel a certain degree of loyalty towards you because he was drafted by you, and he has given you everything he's given, and then for him to feel that way, you have to have made some missteps in a major, major, major way in terms of culture building and communication in order to turn him off like that. So for him, keep going. Keep going exactly how you're going. Because you, as we all know, at some point in time, sometimes it's just over. Sometimes there is no turning back. And for him, it sounds like there is no turning back. And if he feels that way, then I support him 100%. And I'm not there. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like he is, he is 100% committed to this path that he's on. And given all the choices that he's made in his career and the things that people have said about Deshaun's character, both on and off the field throughout his entire life, I wouldn't doubt him for a second. I wouldn't fault him for a second. Mm-hmm. And that's the most imperative thing of all. High skill level on the field, high character off the field. If you got into a lab and said, I want this to be the face of my franchise, it would be Deshaun Watson. And it feels like he's moving on to another franchise. Lou, really appreciate you joining us almost every single Monday throughout this long stretch. And you and millions of others like us three getting ready for championship weekend and the Super Bowl. Thank you, Lou. You bet, man. See you guys. That's Lou Riddick joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. 
On the way, before I let you go, Sean McVay says everything is on the table for his Rams, including his quarterback. But he actually told us that two weeks ago. We'll explain next. The Chiefs stay alive, but all questions will be about Patrick Mahomes coming off the concussion. Can he play in the AFC Championship game? We've got all your NFL covered Monday with me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And as always, a little Black Street on the way out today. Okay, okay. How about okay. that pull from me? How about no, that pull from got, me? Somebody got in your ear. No, no, no. I know. No diggity, no doubt. <laughs> this is about 20 plus years ago, Jay. <laughs> You're on it, Zubin. I see you. Let me just inform you fellas what this is all about. Okay, now, no, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Greeny's up next on many of these ESPN radio stations. Booger McFarland will join him. Steve Smith Sr. from the NFL Network, the great wide receiver. And Key's old teammate Marcus Spears. That's all this morning on Greeny. That follows us. I play with all three of those guys. Booger, Steve Smith, Marcus Spears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. Small world. So there's been a lot of talk. You know, McVeigh doesn't criticize a lot of people. And even when he does, he tries to sort of sugarcoat it and everything's on the table. So you may have heard, essentially, he said Saturday after the playoff loss to the Packers that Jared Goff is our quarterback right now with the emphasis on the last two words there. Sunday, he said everything's on the table. But maybe he was giving us an indication that this was happening and things were bubbling a couple of weeks ago. Go back to their first playoff game, their wild card game against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Key, this is just me speculating. You tell me, having been in so many locker rooms and having dealt with so many situations, right? That game, John Wolford is the starting quarterback. Jared Goff is the number two quarterback with a thumb injury. This is important. There is no number three quarterback. Blake Bortles is inactive. So, If John Wolford were to get injured during the game, which actually happened, very scary, neck injury, ambulance came out, then Jared Goff would presumably have to come in for the next snap, and with no number three quarterback, he would then have to presumably play the rest of the game. So help me understand, if you're in a situation where if Wolford gets hurt on the second snap, hypothetically, or fourth snap of the game, you've got to rush right in there and likely finish the game because nobody is behind you on the QB depth chart. If you are healthy enough to do that, 
play almost every single snap of a game if something goes wrong with the starter right out of the gate, which is exactly what happened. How in the world are you not healthy enough to start? Well, I think, look, in the end, it's all about numbers. If they put three quarterbacks up, then somebody else has to go down on an inactive list. And maybe they wanted I – don't, I don't know what they wanted, but maybe they wanted an extra defense alignment or an extra offense alignment or whatever the case may be. Also, when you didn't have the necessary reps throughout the course of the week for Jared Goff, as he was practicing because of the surgery, they kind of eased him along and kind of wanted to let it heal, but he was forced into action, so therefore you had no other choice. It'll be interesting to see what happens. It's open. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. It's open. It feels like it's open season. It's open season. It's John Walford, obviously, if you have confidence in him, and Key, you, you may mention this to both Zubin and I offline that, you know, like obviously there's a, a look in the offline. field. I, I didn't say anything yet before he <laughs> let me finish so you can understand what I'm going to say. Um, that obviously there's a look and there's a, com- a comfortability feel that they have with Walford there in that position because he can do some things that they actually like. So, Zubin, I take that as saying, okay, like, well, you're forced to play, but we have some decisions to make moving forward about who we want. Well, if you remember, uh, Jay, I told you that I spoke to somebody in the Rams organization uh, the week that John Walford had to start, and he was telling me that the kid was pretty legit. Mm-hmm. And just reading between the lines, I don't need him to say a whole lot. I kind of knew what he was saying, that they were not as bullish on Jared Goff once they got an opportunity to see John Walford actually play and practice with the first unit, that if it wasn't about – the hundred and thirty some million dollars, then the conversation wouldn't even be about Jared Goff. So I get it. He didn't tell me that, but I I can read between the lines. Yes, Walford started as a freshman at Wake Forest and played a ton of football. And maybe there are some people that believe there's a ton of football left in John Walford at the NFL level, which not many people would have thought at this time a year ago. Tomorrow, much more on Deshaun James Harden. Big spot tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.